Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, hallelujah, amen. A portion of God's word for our encouragement on this Sunday after Easter, take from our gospel reading, I'd like to share just verses 27 through 29. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Our God wins over doubts. Ever doubt anybody? Or doubt yourself? Of course, we, we all have done that. Um, ever let yourself down? I, I mean that as you plan to do something. You promised to do something, and you didn't do it, whether you forgot it or um, whatever the reason was. You start doubting yourself. So you end up writing notes all over so you can, you know, remember what you really plan and want to do. Doubting. When, when does doubting start? I can think of an example in my youth. When I trusted someone and then doubted them. And that was my dad. Now, my dad did many different jobs. Many, he had many occupations. And one of them was he was a he drove a truck to pick up turkeys. We had a turkey processing plant in a little town that I grew up in in Minnesota. And when I was little, and if school wasn't going on, he would take me along. Can you imagine being a little kid getting up in the middle of the night and driving someplace and then having them load turkeys on a truck? I thought that was the most exciting thing. So he said, well, one time he said, I'm going tomorrow morning. You want to go along? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get you up. Well... I don't know if he was late or whatever, but the first sound I heard was a truck driving away. And I was, I was sad, and, I, and then I, I doubted whether he was really going to wake me up the next time. So the next time he asked me, I kind of stayed half awake, and every time there'd be a sound, I would listen to see if he was getting up, if he's getting up. And uh, I even had all my clothes on. So when he got up, I was up there and had clothes on ready to go. I don't know about you, but I've come to pretty much agree with uh, a statement that one of my favorite family psychologists, Christian psychologist Kevin Lehman, wrote in one of his books. And this is it. T-G-E-E-P-C. Yes or no? Come on. T-G-E-E-P-C. Well, of course, that was, I just took the first letters of what it was. And what, what he said is, trust God. Everyone else, pay cash. <laughs> Come on, think about that. Maybe not so bad, huh? I mean, of course trust God. And everyone else in your life may or may not have sometime let you down. Trust God, everyone else, pay cash. Perhaps there's a little bit of this going on in our reading for today, where Jesus, who is God, 
takes care of doubt when others, mere men, could not do that. First, Jesus takes care of doubt by his coming to life again. At times, a great tragedy, great loss of life, especially that someone passes away unexpectedly, someone important to you, someone dear to you. What a time for doubt. I'm talking about doubting God. You know, why? Why God? I mean, how, how could this happen? <clears throat> it seems that at those times, the devil realizes that we are more susceptible to uh, doubting, even doubting God. So he jumps in there. And our sinful nature is there, willing to doubt. Loss and loneliness can truly challenge what one thought was something for sure and for certain, creating an atmosphere for doubt. Has that ever happened to you? A great loss and the old TGEEPC set in? Seems to have happened to Thomas. Now, I don't know if we can do this, but if you can put yourself in the disciples' situation, right? Here is someone that you followed for three years. You trusted in him. You listened to his words. You may not have understood all of them, but you understood pretty clearly that he said he is God, he is the Messiah, he is the Savior, and he's going to be the king over all. And you bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you put your life on the line for him. And now he's gone. I mean, crucified horribly and shamefully, and now he's gone. And with that, Hope. And in its place, perhaps, doubt. What's going on, God? How can this be part of a plan? Who can I trust anyway? Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, both mean twin. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. I mean, what greater news could there be? This Jesus that they had seen so brutally crucified, dead and put into the grave, is alive, walking and talking, and he appeared to us. Believe it, Thomas. It's as if Thomas had real trouble with that, right? Peace. Be with you, he said. Jesus said, peace be with you. And it, he took away all of our doubts and our sorrows and our sadness. Thomas, don't be so sad, believe. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, it put my finger where the nails were. It put my hand into his side. I will not believe. 
Oh, I hear what your ear, I hear with my ears what you're saying, but they're deaf ears. I'm, I'm too sad. I'm, I'm too sorrowful to believe what you're saying. This improbable news that Jesus is alive. I would need to see him for myself. I would need, need more proof, you know, tangible, touchable, seeable proof. Otherwise, no way. Jesus takes care of doubt by his presence. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. What love God has for the Thomases of this world. Jesus appears again a week later. And some of us have appeared here a week later too, haven't we? Why? Well, not because Thomas demanded it. And not because Thomas doubted but because Jesus loved Thomas. And Jesus wanted him to have that peace, that joy that the other disciples had in his life so that he could go and and share that good news, that life-changing news with others. How has your week gone since Easter? I mean... For most of us, Easter is one of those highlights of the whole year, right, in the Christian church. That's why some people work so hard to, to decorate it and make it a gorgeous place. You come in and, and, and you, you just kind of feel the joy that the flowers and everything is giving. But then Monday comes along, right? How'd your week go? I mean, for some of you... Uh, if you didn't have to go to school, you know, young people, man, that was a pretty good week, and even some of the teachers, right? I mean, it was a really nice week here. Quiet, you know? Now, I had no, no problem people in the parking lot. It was, it was empty all week long. Of course, maybe at parents, the house you were in with the kids, maybe not so quiet, and you can't wait till school got back again. But, I mean, how was your week as far as Trusting God or having doubts creep in. Any doubts come into your mind? I mean, about God's plan, specifically or generally? Any concerns about your work situation or a family situation? Any medical news that came that was unsettling? Doubt creating? Have the the joy and the good feelings of Easter kind of evaporated away like the, the fog does here oftentimes? Or are the flowers that are out there wilting a little bit and they need a home, please take one home with you, would you? Um, I imagine Satan doesn't mind if we get all excited about Easter. You know, one day, big deal, get all excited as long as, you know, you don't hold that too long. As long as you don't have that hope and that joy last, you know, day after day, week after week. He'll give us a day here and there.
Ever wonder why God puts up with us in our doubts again and again and again? Our doubts, our shortcomings, our sins. And our name isn't even Thomas, although at least most of our names aren't Thomas. Why he does, I'm not sure, except for who he is, right? The essence of God is love, John wrote. God is love, and that word for love is agape, right? That special God-like love that loves doubters like you and me and Thomas. Then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hand? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Amazing. The almighty God, Jesus Christ himself, cared enough about a sinful human being. They invited him to touch his still scarred hand and side. Now, he didn't do this to encourage Thomas, you know, to develop more demands. He didn't do that to encourage the other disciples. Well, if Thomas got away with, you know, setting the parameters of what, need, you know, what we need to do, then I guess we can do that. No, no. That's not why he, he did that. He did it for the same reason he came to this earth, to voluntarily do everything that was necessary so that Thomas's and the Jane's and the everyone else's name that will ever live could spend eternity with him in heaven, and that includes you and me. See, Jesus lived a, a perfect life because we couldn't. And Jesus suffered a horrible death, so we wouldn't. And Jesus appeared and invited Thomas to touch him to remove Thomas's doubt. What an amazing and compassionate God Thomas had. And we have that same God. Remember that when doubts come your way. Jesus takes care of doubts by his words. Throughout Scripture, God used his word to do amazing things. He created this entire universe with his word. He also deals with our doubts then and now with his words. For a second time, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, we are not told what change exactly changed Thomas's doubt to trust. But we know it happened. Maybe it was these words. Maybe it was the words that Jesus said, you know, touch me. Perhaps Thomas did touch him. We're not told that. But we are, all, are told Thomas's reaction he said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Which showed that Thomas was no longer doubting. Jesus' response, because you have seen me, you have believed. So much for doubting Thomas on that Sunday after Easter. How about all those 
doubting believers here this Sunday after Easter. Times have changed. Now, things aren't the way they were way back then or even maybe when you were little, but some things haven't changed. And that is the fact that you are all doubters. And if you don't, if you can't remember any of those times, then you have a bad memory. Or maybe you were just too little at the time. Because when we were born, we were born as doubters of God, not trusting him at all. Now, it's wonderful what Jesus did, right? Lived a perfect life, suffered and paid for all sins of all people. But it does us little good if it doesn't come to us personally. That's where the Holy Spirit steps in. Remember, Jesus empowered his disciples after his resurrection with the promise that if they would take water and apply it to a person, invoking the name of the triune God, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, doubt would be cast away. For those who are little and tiny, doubt was cast away when unbelief was cast away. For those who believed already, doubt was cast away and assured that it has no place when they are baptized. Think of your baptism very often? Well, I encourage you, when doubt comes your way and you question God and his love for you, remember your baptism and give doubt a hike out of there. Jesus takes care of our doubt by his presence. Which, yes, may not be the exact same way that it was for the early disciples and for Thomas on that second week. But no less powerful. No less doubt displacing. After Jesus gave the command to go and make disciples and baptize, you remember what he said, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Trust God, right? Everyone else because this is God. This is Jesus Christ telling you that, that he is with you, and he will be with you every single day of your life. And whether you see him or not, doesn't change the fact that he's there and he cares. And he wants you to trust in him and trust in the plan that he has made for you. A plan that will end up in heaven. Jesus takes care of us by our doubt, by his words preserved for us. Peace be with you. Those words that Jesus, the first words that Jesus said to to his demoralized and doubting believers was peace be with you. And when Jesus says that, it isn't just kind of a wish, you know, hope you have a good day kind of thing. Jesus' words empowers it to happen. Jesus brings peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding, our understanding. Peace that's real. Peace that casts doubt out. Peace that encourages us to have that joy in knowing 
that because Jesus lives, we will live also. I wonder if we haven't been come so comfortable doubting anybody and everybody that we sometimes put God into that same barrel. Man, you can't trust this guy, you can't trust that guy. Well, can you even trust God? Yes, you can. Think of your baptism as a reminder of that. Think of the words that Jesus said. Peace be with you. So how is your week gone? Doubts? Troubles? Don't be surprised if they come. Don't be surprised if Satan tries to utilize them. And when things go well, as they will, because that's what God's promise. Thank God to a God who loves us that much. Who took away the times when he doubted and, and wants nothing but, but faithful believers in us and in each and every day of our life. Peace be with you. Open up your book when doubts come. Open up the Bible and read that resurrection account again and hear those words spoken Words that are for you also. Open up that 23rd Psalm and read it for the the 100th time. And be ready to be amazed at the peace that God has in store for you. Remember how blessed we are to have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. No less certain and sure than the first disciples, including Thomas. Because Jesus told them and spoke about us when he said to Thomas, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you. That's me. That's God's assurance. And the reminder that our God wins over doubts. Amen.